Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. Don't forget, you can now follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Visit TalkWithAudrey.com. Hi there, I'm Audrey Adams, and this is Talk with Audrey, insightful, intelligent information to help you improve the quality of your life or someone else's. Bishop T.D. Jakes is one of the world's most widely recognized pastors and a New York Times bestselling author of over 30 books. And he's the founder and senior pastor of the Potter's House, which has a congregation of more than 30,000. He joins me today to talk about his latest book, Instinct, The Power to Unleash Your Inborn Drive. Welcome to Talk with Audrey, Bishop. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. I really appreciate you joining me. Read your book with great interest um, from a couple of perspectives, but check out where I want to start. You said that you're not writing a book to show you how to get rich because you know that a lot of rich people haven't identified their purpose. When most people you think um, who are going to rely on their instinct would be using it for the purposes of getting rich. Well, you know, I think that's often a misnomer in this country that we assume that the more money we have, the more we have it together. When in reality... It's really a sense of fulfillment and purpose that really brings happiness and, and completion. I've just had enough opportunities to work with people uh, of means and influence and affluence. And behind the curtain, behind the scene, off the stage, they go through the same things that anybody else goes through. And so we shouldn't make a dollar about the goal of fulfillment. Um, one thing doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the other. But in our society, do you also find that people connect success with wealth and power? I think that they do, but I think that eventually that's why we have to kind of correct that misnomer because so many times uh, people look up, uh, up to people that they see uh, on TV or they see living a certain lifestyle or a certain way and they assume that everything that goes on in that house is, is happy, but in reality they have, again, the same things that, that everyone else goes through and I think the more we're straightforward about that and make people understand that it is purpose that brings fulfillment. Now, in the process of pursuing your purpose, you might have all of those things, but those things are ancillary to the sense of doing the thing that you were created to do. And how and when, Bishop, did you tap into your own instincts? I think at a fairly early age, you know. Uh, I told my mother at eight years old, uh, I was going in, in the car with her, and she was speaking for one of her sororities. She was a Delta. And um, she had just finished speaking, and I was in the back seat of the car, and I told my mother, I said, right now, I'm going to hear you speak, and they call you, they call me Miss Jake's son, the time will come that you'll come to hear me speak, and they'll call you Tom Jake's mother. And I was eight, so, I mean, and, and then I went right on back to being just a crazy kid like anybody else, but, <laughs> but I, caught, I caught glimpses glimpses of, of my destiny and my life early on. And I think many people have done that. They just don't always pursue uh, the area that they sense. When you speak of instinct and tapping into it, how then do you know that what you are feeling or what you sense 
is correct? I don't think it's so much an intellectual thing. I think sometimes when we're guided totally by our intellect, we do the things that make the most sense. What beats what what the latest stats say, what the economy is lending uh, itself toward, um, what would be nice in the motif of our family divine. You know, you come from a family of doctors, it would be nice to be a, another doctor. All of those are intellectual decisions. When you do that thing that, that energizes you, that invigorates you, that, that you get so engrossed in that you find yourself working even when you're not working because it is such a part of who you are, that level of fulfillment is easily identifiable because it brings you joy and a peace and a sense of purpose that transcends anything else around it. But how do you get there? How? So there, there are there are probably millions of people walking around who are feeling unfulfilled in their life and not fulfilling their purpose and not really sensing that they're able to to get there. You know, one of the things obviously that I think stops us from doing it is that we're so incredibly busy. We don't get moments of uh, repose to reflect and, and to renew and to uh, reinvigorate ourselves. And I think one of the things that helps you to find your purpose if to, to, uh, I've been calling it date yourself, to, to look back over your life. You know, when you go on a date with somebody, you find yourself eventually telling them your life story, whether they want to hear it or not. Uh, but, but we don't do that with ourselves, to really look at your life and look for patterns uh, that brought fulfillment. Look for proclivities. What do you gravitate toward? You're in a room full of people. Are you invigorated by being in the crowd, or do you secretly wish you could get out of the room? Are you introvert? Are you extrovert? What, what fuels you? Uh, is it is it helping someone to achieve their goal, or is it being around people who help you to feel fulfill yours? And look at things that really invigorate you, and then begin to focus your attention, your efforts, your energies, and even your finances to educating yourself and preparing yourself so that you can do that thing that invigorates you. Bishop, why is it that? that some people aren't able to tap into their instinct, which is God-given to help propel them forward? Uh, you know, the, the most amazing thing about people is that we tend to think that if something is natural, it is easy. But uh, my wife and I raised five children, and I can remember with the first child she decided to breastfeed, we thought, oh, we're going to do this naturally, and it's going to be so healthy, and it's going to be so wonderful, and it's going to be so easy. <sighs> And it was not easy. <laughs> it was not easy on a lot of levels. I mean, I can remember walking in one time and the baby was crying and my wife was crying. Uh, they, they were both crying. And and, uh, and the baby's having a fit because uh, she can't get to the milk that she needs. And my wife having a fit because the baby hasn't adapted well to, to the whole aspect of nursing. And in a few days, of course, it all went away. But my point is, some things that are very natural, you still have to adapt to them, and they can be a bit difficult. And I think that we have a tendency to be frustrated because we know that we're near it, like the baby knew that it was near the milk, but we can't be really drawn to it. So the first attempts may not work well, but you have to continue to do it because it is a, a way in which you're going to be nourished and you're going to be fed. If you don't know about a thing, if you're not taught about a thing, if you don't have the courage to attempt a thing, then many times you miss the opportunity. And I think many people walking around, 30s, 40s, even 50s, feel like they've missed opportunities because they have not tapped into their God-given instinct. God gives it, but you still have to receive it. The milk came, but the baby had to receive it. And I think many times people don't get that. 
So it, so our instincts then have to evolve. Yeah, our our ability to rely on them need to evolve. And I think to some degree, our instincts are sharpened by experience. Uh, I'm much more ex- in, uh, instinctive at 56 than I was at 26. Uh, I, I know what to listen for. I know how to how my own heart and spirit operate. I, I know what the warning signs are. It's like uh, spending the night in a house that you've never stayed in before and you hear the ice maker or something and you jump because you're not used to the sounds. Somebody who lives there knows exactly what it is. And it takes a while to familiarize yourself with how your internal instincts work and what to listen for. Do you think we rely too much on intellect? Oh, I think that we do, and intellect is important. I mean, um, we gather data, empirical data. We look at uh, trends. We look at charts and graphs, and all of that's wonderful. We read books, we study, we do research, and we load our intellectual gun. But what we don't realize is that intellect may load the gun, but instinct pulls the trigger. Knowing when to release what and how and to whom is instinctive. You want to tell me what, how, and whom, please? (laughs) 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 You wrote the book, so I'm like, like, okay, I read it. I'm like, okay, I I can do that, Mm -hmm. and I can do that. What the book is supposed to do is just what you're doing right there. You get an aha moment, and you go back and you begin to process, and you go back to examine your own heart and spirit, and you look at situations in your life where you got it and didn't get it. It's to set you on the course to, to using all that has been given you to deal with all that is around you. All that is given you to deal with all and and to invite in those things that will move you more towards your purpose. Absolutely. What about someone's own expectation of themselves and instinct? What impact? Can you, can you go further in terms of what particular expectations? Because I think some people have low expectations. Some people have extreme expectations mm-hmm. of themselves. I, I want to understand what, what you mean. So if you have low expectations of yourself, are you then less inclined to attempt to tap into your instinct or to trust your instincts? Oh, absolutely. 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 This is, this is not for, for people who, who don't sense it, who don't feel it, who, who don't have that expectation. The, I wrote the book more for people who have the expectation and are dealing with the frustration that things are not going the way that they thought. And I think that the expectation is what creates the torment because you had hoped for so much more and you're dealing with so much less. And we have a tendency to discard the hope and accept the mediocre as if that were the the master plan. And I think many times it's not true. And you get to the end of your life, that's why we have so many people who get older and become bitter and frustrated and cynical. Because if you are doing what you were created to do, you are far less interested in what other people are doing. You are far less cynical. You are far more focused on what is before you. You have that tunnel vision because you found that place that you fit. And that is the goal of the entire book. For those people who, who are deeply religious, a lot of them might be listening for the voice of God, sort of. Mm-hmm. If, uh, yeah, right. They sort of listen to the voice of God, listen for the voice of God to say, okay, this is the way you go. 
God's voice within us then is that intuition that um, to go in a certain direction or to make a decision. Then. You know, uh, it's a great question, and, and we could really talk all day about it because uh, I think that we do have a tendency to listen for the voice of God. But but consider it like this: I have a GPS system in my car. And it will help me get to my destination. It will tell me when to turn. It, it will tell me three miles to the corner and turn left. It gives me all kinds of details. But there are times it says absolutely nothing at all. And then I have to trust that I'm on the right road. There are certain things that it does not address. It doesn't tell me to turn the air conditioner up or to turn the radio down or, or, or things that are not specific to my destination. And I think sometimes we expect God to turn the air conditioner up. We we expect him to do everything, you know. And, and and the voice of God generally guides us into the areas that center around what he has called us to do and what his purpose is for our lives. It may not get down to whether you want the brick house or the wood frame house because that's not relevant to your destiny and purpose. And I think we mystifize, especially people of faith, this whole notion of of God speaking to you when, in fact, there are certain instincts that he plays with it. Here, 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 l- l- let me go at it this way. Uh, Peter, what the Bible says that Peter woke Jesus up when he was in the middle of the storm and said, carry out not that we perish. And Jesus woke up and said, peace be still. But in the process, he rebuked Peter and said, oh, ye of little faith. Which suggests, why did you wake me up? You could have handled this. <laughs> You could have handled this. Sometimes we're asking God to handle things that we have been wired to handle. Peter, you're a fisherman. You run boats. That's what you do for a living. That's what that's what your craft is. That's what I put inside of you. Why are you asking me to deal with something that I have already wired you to handle? Those wires are instincts. What I'm trying to understand, I think, is why if if God puts all of this sort of hardwires us or, or, you know, wires us all for success and, and to live life successfully, raise families, what have you, what stops people from, what stops more people from being successful? I mean, there, there, there seems to be like there's a, there's a, there's this level of, of people that are extremely successful, and then you have some people who are sort of, you know, in the middle. So if you want to do the classes, there's this upper, upper, upper class, and then you have this upper middle class, and then you have the lower middle class, and then you have all of these various levels going down to those people who are not as successful, but who also have God-given instincts. Well, here's the thing. If you equate success by dollar amount, then, then, then that makes a lot of sense. There, there are different levels, uh, different uh, amounts of equity that we have built up throughout our lives through which people evaluate success. But I often tell people my grandmother from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, lived in the same house as long as I could remember, at least 50 years. She lived in the same house and almost drove the same car almost as long. She raised her. her children. <laughs> yeah, she did. I mean, it's amazing. She didn't fall <laughs> into that, 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 that uh, you know, the Joneses trap. Okay. 
<laughs> no, not at all. And she raised her children and ra- raised some of her grandchildren. And she taught school and she lived her life. And she died with $30,000 in the bank. And to me, she was very successful, very successful at what she set out to do, which was to raise and nourish her family, to educate her community, and to leave wisdom in the earth to her descendants. But if you monetize that success and you say she's not successful because so-and-so across town made a million dollars a year, she was successful. She had surplus when it was over. She had lived a profitable life. She had a legacy. She had accomplished what she was there to do. And I think that's when you get down to purpose as opposed to finances as a level or barometer of fulfilling life. Uh, you have a much better, more mature, less uh, westernized view of of success. I've met families in the bush in, in Ghana uh, that lived very wonderful lives, successful, happy, contented, peaceful, and, and never saw a toilet, <laughs> never mm-hmm. rang a doorbell. Uh, this thing about purpose is the thing that I think people get hung up on. Understanding and sensing what you were put here to do and being happy with that rather than to be tormented by somebody else's assignment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk for a minute about evolving into success using your instinct. Uh, you also said in the book that there's, um, that the first generations of successful people are often shocked to find that giving their children all they dreamed of providing doesn't necessarily uh, create the same skills and drive in their children. Why is that? Well, it's it's very clear. Let's let's use a couple of examples. If you uh, if you will notice the stats on people who have won the lottery. They hit the lottery. They come. They're instantaneously millionaires, multimillionaires, unbelievable amounts of money. And most of them, three years later, are broke. Mm-hmm. If if you, it is the process of attaining whatever it is that you're after that gives you the power to maintain whatever it is you're after. If things are handed to you too easily without the background of the process of what it took to get them and secure them. One, you don't value them as highly as you do. You should. Two, you don't learn the wisdom that goes along with maintaining and living in the orbit of space to which you have now arrived. And three, you walk away from the, the whole thing with without having the very thing that makes you able to survive in that new, and to keep with my book, the metaphor is jungle, because you're in a new jungle by virtue of what your parents have handed to you. And, and, and the thing that makes you able to do it is what your parents went through to get it. In short, what I'm trying to say, Audrey, is we give our kids everything except what it took for us to get what we have, and that's the hard times we went through to get it. The, yeah. the process, the pain, the frustration, the failure, the, the foreclosures, the bank denials, the, the doors shut in your face. All of that builds up the inside while you're building up the finances so that by the time you receive whatever it is you're after, you have the benefit of the wisdom that you gain from the process of attaining it. You're that warrior that's been trained in the jungle <laughs> to survive. That. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, in the book, I talk about lions that were raised in captivity and, and the cage is all he's ever known. And yet he has the instinct to live in the wild 
when he first when they first decide the reason they keep the gate closed is, is because even though all of his experiences are built around the cage, all of his instincts are to run in the wild. And anytime your experiences are smaller than your instincts, there's going to be frustration pacing in the cage. If he ever gets the courage or escapes or breaks out or is gradually introduced back into the jungle, he doesn't have the experiences to validate the instinct. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where a lot of people get thrown over. Because you don't have the set of experiences to validate your instincts, then you settle for the cage rather than the wild. But what really needs to happen, as it's done with lions, is they gradually introduce you into the next dimension so that you can learn how to hunt. You can learn to sense the predators. You can learn the atmosphere. And I think people who are trying to change their lives have to gradually be introduced into the person that they want to be, the arena that they're called into. Get around it. Uh, my friend Devel talks about working in, uh, I believe the story was working in Broadway, uh, pushing a broom taking people to their feet. Just get around it. When you get around it, you cannot be what you do not see. Your instincts are also inside of you to protect you as well. Yes. What three things would you want people to remember about how and when to trust their instincts? You know, the, the first thing, I would want them to remember about trusting your instincts. Don't be swayed by external voices when they don't line up with what's on the inside. Okay, uh, To have the courage to listen at the voice within you much more strongly than the voices around you. That's number one. Number two, don't see obst don't get to obstacles and give up on your dream. See the obstacle as an opportunity. Because the obstacles are actually unfold opportunities. And just because you don't have the resources to live in, in the wild of what you're trying to do doesn't mean you can't adapt. If you do it, the resources will come. Number three, don't let the fear stop you. Most people think that the fear is an indicator that you should not be on the next level, and they take the mistake the fear as an instinct. Everybody I have ever known football players, actors, presidents, politicians have had fear, but they did it anyway. So number three is feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes, indeed. This, is, this has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed this, and, and I hope that my listeners uh, in hearing this will... I always challenge people to step into their purpose, and and a lot of times we don't step into our purpose. I think because we're afraid, and it's that fear that yes. holds us back from from connecting with both our purpose and our instincts. Right? You just sort of uh, shut things down. <laughs> Audrey, quick story, quick story, and I don't know if we're out of time or not, but I, I think it's worth sharing. People who see uh, someone like myself, and I've spoken at the Georgia Dome with 100,000 people in the room. I've spoken, Kenya, to a million people. I spoke for the inauguration uh, of, of the president uh, eight years ago. I've, I've done a lot of amazing things. What they would not realize is that when I started speaking, I couldn't hold a microphone because my hands would shake too badly. Mm -hmm. I used to have them adjust the microphone stand before the event occurred, and I would put my hands behind my back until they stopped shaking so that I could grab the mic and speak. If I would have listened at my fears, I wouldn't be me. 
And the fact that somebody seems comfortable in an atmosphere now doesn't mean that they initiated that experience with that level of comfort. Don't let the fear be a stop sign. It may be a yield, but don't let it be a stop sign. I hear that. Can I get an amen too? <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> You might have, you you have, each one of us has something to contribute to our community, to our families, uh, to life in general, to maybe helping to improve someone's life. And I hope that in this interview with T.D. Jakes, uh, you'll go out and get the book. It is, again, Instinct, The Power to Unleash Your Inborn Drive. And, yeah, don't let the fear stop you. Bishop Jakes, thanks so much for joining me on the show. I so enjoyed it. My pleasure. And we'll be right back after this. Don't forget, you can now follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Visit talkwithaudrey.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.